Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome to Growing in Grace. My name is Pastor Victor Morrison. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Columbus, Texas. So glad you're checking in with us today. I want to talk about temptation. I want to talk about it specifically temptation in slow motion. You know, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 is the only verse we're going to look at. And we're going to put that verse in slow motion. Do you like football? I enjoy watching college football. And uh, one thing I've noticed is that since they've come out with instant replay, then constantly you've got throughout the game, the period course of a game, you have uh, the refs are constantly checking uh, to the play is under review and all these kind of things. And uh, even in the NFL, they have review of plays. And what I thought was interesting, I ran across this statistic that last year in 2022, 164 plays that were reviewed were reversed. And so I thought that was amazing that sometimes you put something in slow motion, you see things that you didn't notice when it was in real time. You know, life comes at us really fast. I wonder if you've noticed that. <laughs> A lot of us live life in the fast lane. But I want you to listen real closely to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There may be resources in Christ that you are not aware were there all along. But whenever we're in the moment and temptation is coming at us, we're reacting and going through a lot of different maneuvers there. But, oh, if we could just see how the Lord is there all along, I think it would make a big difference. So let me read this verse, and then we'll talk about it together. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. When I read through that verse, I was just kind of chewing on it in my own devotional time. As a matter of fact, I've never shared these words with anyone. Uh, this is a brand new uh, devotion, brand new uh Bible study that I put together just this week. And so I want to share with you five observations that stood out to me from this passage because I just took the one verse and I just kept reading it over and over and I kept slowing it down, slowing it down, going into a lower gear, a lower gear. And it's amazing what stood out to me. So let me share those things with you. Uh, all of these are going to be about temptation. The first one is temptation is a common experience. He says, quite clearly, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, temptation is nothing new. But what I also find interesting, if you think about it in terms of those who've gone before us, 
those who are all around us, we're also, not only is temptation nothing new, also it tells me that I'm not alone. You see, sometimes I think Satan, he really wants us to feel isolated. He wants us to feel whenever we're being tempted, nobody else is going through this. You're all alone. No one has ever faced what you're facing. And yet we see in scripture lots of cases where men and women face temptation. For example, you know, in Hebrews chapter 2, it says in verse 18, for because he himself, speaking about Jesus, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. So if I understand this correctly, it's saying Jesus was actually tempted. But then you go just two chapters later in the book of Hebrews into Hebrews chapter four, and you look at verse, um, well, let's say 15. It says, for we did not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So yes, Jesus was tempted, but Jesus never did give in to the temptation. He was never overcome by the temptation. So I got to looking at this whole chapter and I thought, wow, wait a minute. You know, temptation is such a common experience to mankind in general that we don't all get tempted the same way. And yet temptation itself as a general category is, is all over the map. For example, if you were to just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and begin in verse 1 and read all the way when you get down to uh, verse, well, let's say verse 13 where we are, then what you would discover is there are five different kinds of temptation mentioned in this chapter. So just because you struggle in one area, you might be fine in other areas, but God is concerned about the one area where you struggle. If you were to look back, you would see there's different kinds of temptation mentioned here, such as lust, idolatry, immorality, unbelief, complaining. Wow, I bet you don't even struggle with any of those, right? Well, if you do or if you don't, the point is he's saying temptation is something that all mankind has been faced with from the very beginning, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. They were tempted. But don't you think it's significant that God puts in this verse that word overtaken? No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. You know, I thought to myself, what does that word really mean? So I looked it up in the original language that the New Testament was written in, which is Greek. And it's the word in Greek, lambano, but it means to seize. It means to forcibly grab. So in other words, something has taken me by the collar and said, you're coming with me. And so that's exactly what temptation is. So you could assume, hey, I'm the only one that's ever been grabbed by this temptation. You know, whatever it is, selfishness, pride, you know, whatever it is, worry that's bothering you, just know, no, there's actually lots of other people that have dealt with temptation through the ages. And that, I think, is the advantage 
of reading through scripture because the Bible is going to show us the good and the bad and the ugly of all those who have gone through temptation. But that's not all that this verse tells us about. Maybe you'd say, I already knew that. But did you know this? No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. Do you hear that? God is faithful. God is faithful even when I'm tempted. God is faithful even when I yield to temptation. So whether you interpret this word tempted as tempted to do something evil or bad, or you could translate the same word, not temptation, but a trial. So whether you say, well, tempted to do something bad or tried in terms of trying to reveal what is deep within my heart, either way you go, the message that God wants you to know is I'm trustworthy. I'm here. I think that he's faithful to his character. God is loving before the temptation. God will be loving during the temptation. God will be loving after the temptation. God is holy before, during, and after. God is forgiving before, during, and after. See what I'm saying? Is that whatever temptation comes knocking on our door, the the character of God is always in place. And so look to Him during that moment. I think God is always faithful to his plans. God is faithful to his promises. But I guess what I think of most when I see inserted right here after all of us get tempted from time to time, here's what I see. God is faithful in terms of his presence. Do you know that God goes with you into that temptation? There's an interesting verse that Luke records in the scripture that happened whenever one of his disciples named Peter was tempted. You remember that Peter was tempted to deny Jesus and he actually fell to that temptation. Three times he denied Jesus and Jesus had already told him it was going to happen and uh, he kind of couldn't accept it. He, he was like, no, even if others do, I'll die with you and all these kind of, you know, things he he demanded. But, you know, uh, Jesus said, no, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. So he, Jesus saw it coming. But what I want you to notice is later on in Luke chapter 22, after Peter denies Jesus the third time, here's what it says. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Because Jesus said, a rooster is going to crow, you know, when you deny me three times. But then listen to verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. What do you think the look on Jesus' face was? When he looked at Peter, the man that he trusted the most, the man he was counting on the most, and how Peter had just denied him three times. You know, we say three strikes and you're out, buddy. Is that the way? Was Jesus looking at him now that he had denied him three times with this strike three, you're out of my uh, core of disciples here. 
No, I don't think so. I think that when Jesus looked at Peter, the way it says in Luke twenty-two sixty-one, I think it was a compassionate look. I think it was a look of saying, Peter, let me help you. Let me strengthen you. Peter, I'm doing this for you. I'm sacrificing my life for you. And so we may feel, secondly, that temptation is an isolated encounter. But this is my second point, is that temptation is not an isolated encounter. God is faithful. He is with you. The same way he was with Peter, Jesus is on trial. Jesus is being mistreated. He is being abused. and All these things are being falsely accused and all that. And what gets his attention when he hears the rooster crow, he looks across that courtyard and he sees Peter after he had just denied him three times. And he, I think they make eye contact. And I think there was something very compassionate in Jesus' eyes. And it just melted Peter. And he went out there and he wept and he wept and he wept to the point that Luke, a physician, says that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Have you ever been there? And you know you've disobeyed the Lord in a temptation and you just weep uncontrollably saying, Lord, what was I thinking? Please forgive me. Wow, he's still there. That's my point. Temptation, yes, it is a common experience. But temptation, no, it is not an isolated encounter. But let me move to a third thing. Do you know that temptation is a regulated event? The verse goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. You know, sometimes I think we just feel like there's no way that I could resist this temptation or whatever. But there is a way. There, there really is a way. You see, the Lord uses our weaknesses to display his strength. And so whatever area it is that you feel tempted in, let's say, for example, it's stealing or it's lying. Then why don't you say, God, Lord, Lord, you know, in my past, I was really bad about stealing things that didn't belong to me. Lord, you know that I've got this track record that's followed me all my life of telling things that aren't true. Lord, would you be my strength in that area of weakness? You know, I believe the Lord will. And that's why he says he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. I believe what he's referring to is beyond our ability with him. You know, if you were to go back into the Old Testament there's a book in there called Job, the book of Job. But it's interesting how God is having a dialogue or discussion with Satan, the devil. And they're talking about uh, God's servant, Job. And God is so excited about Job. There's nobody like him who serves me. But Satan wants to try to bring accusations against Job that aren't true. But he says, yeah, but he's, he doesn't serve you for nothing. Look at all the things you do for him. You know, if you were to take this away, take that away, I guarantee you, he'd deny you. And so the Lord said, you can 
attack Job, but you may not attack him personally. And so it's interesting how God even limited how far that the devil could go in his attacks, in his temptations, and so forth against his servant Job. Wow, I think that's amazing. But what's also amazing is when you go back to that verse that I was reading earlier from Luke 22, I read verse 31. Let me read it again and it'll remind you. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But listen to verse 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Wow. Isn't that incredible? It's like the Lord knows. You see, God sees the whole picture. He's sovereign. We don't have to worry about that. And so God is able to control everything that's out there. And so he can put a shield around us. Like he said, you know, around Job's life, he had a hedge. There was a hedge of protection. And so God can protect us. Have you ever wondered why Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the Lord's Prayer and to say, lead us not into temptation? I mean, is God ever going to lead anyone into temptation? No, he's never going to lead us into temptation in terms of wanting to tempt us. But he will lead us around temptation, through temptation, over it, under it, whatever's got to happen. But if we just talk to him about it and say, Lord, today, I don't want to fall to temptation. Would you lead me so that I do not yield to temptation? Would you be my strength today? Because I realize that you regulate life. You regulate even temptations so that those really bad ones that I couldn't resist all by myself, that those kind, you don't even allow them to come near me. I think that's a that's definitely a, an honorable prayer to pray and ask the Lord, especially at the beginning of your day. But there's more in this passage. I mean, this verse is so loaded. Listen to this fourth observation. Yes, temptation is a common experience. No, temptation is not an isolated encounter. God's faithful. He's right there with you. But also, temptation is a regulated event. So if it comes into your life, just know God says, hey, I can get you through this. It says, not beyond your ability with my help. But then he goes on to say something else. With the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. He will also provide the way of escape. Did you notice the definite article? It's like there's a specific, definite way that you can get out of that. Do you remember whenever God led Moses and the children of Israel out of Egypt? I mean, they were slaves. They were in bondage. And, and the Lord, just a miraculous way, he broke the back of the Egyptians and they said, get out of here. You can go free. So they go into the wilderness and it's not long until Pharaoh says, what am I doing? I'm going to go back and bring them right back here. So he goes chasing after them with his army. And it looks like a hopeless situation because when he got behind them with his army, here's all of these slaves with nothing but a staff and, you know, those kind of things. They're trying to get away from, you know, bondage and so forth. So they didn't have a lot of weapons and everything. But there they are 
they're trapped between the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh's army behind them. And so now it's like, oh no, shall we panic? (laughs) Well, that would have been one temptation I would have had, a temptation to be afraid, a temptation to worry. But you know what? There was a door of escape. They couldn't see it. But whenever Moses called out to the Lord, he spread his arms apart up there and the power of God came down and parted the Red Sea, something only God could have done. And isn't that what he's saying anyway? With the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. He will provide it. That's incredible. You know, uh, that word exit can mean like distance. It can mean avoidance. You know, verse 14, look at the very next verse that's found right here in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. What does verse 14 say? Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. You know, sometimes that is God's way of escape. Just get out of there. Do you remember how uh, in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, there was a, a godly man named Joseph, and he was falsely accused of something that he didn't do. There was a man named Potiphar who was an Egyptian, and his wife really wanted to uh, go to bed with Joseph. But she was married, and Joseph found it very uh, evil to think in terms of doing something like that. So he didn't want to do it. And so I thought, well, what was the way that Joseph got out of there? What was the door of escape? He just ran. (laughs) Just get out of there. Put distance between you and the temptation. Put avoidance in there somewhere. You know, as a matter of fact, that's quite biblical. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee youthful lusts. And 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, flee any appearance of evil. You know, it's no wonder that Jesus said to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane that they need to watch and pray so that they would not enter into temptation. That's in Matthew 26, verse 41. But Matthew 4 and Luke 4, they tell us about how Jesus overcame his temptations with the word of God. So why don't you memorize scripture? Because within those truths of scripture that you memorize will be doors of escape so that you can not give in to temptation. Those verses will come back to your mind and they will give you power and strength. They'll give you direction. They'll give it clarity so that you're not just overwhelmed by emotion or overwhelmed by, well, the voice of a crowd or something like that. But temptation will have a door of escape. Temptation is a regulated event. It is not an isolated encounter. It is a common experience that others have gone through as well as uh, all of us. But temptation can be victoriously endured. You know, the end of this verse is quite victorious, isn't it? When it says that you may be able to endure it, that you may be able to endure it. You know, back there in Hebrews 4, where we were reading earlier, it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace 
that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Ah, so the Lord's going to help us now in our time of need when we're being tempted. That's powerful. You know, how did Old Testament Joseph endure those ongoing overtures from Potiphar's wife? If you read in Genesis 39.10, it says day after day, it was like constant. And yet at the same time, with her constant uh, seduction was unwavering allegiance in terms of Joseph. How is that? You know why that was? Because he viewed it as an offense against a holy God. That gave him strength to endure the temptation as he would spend time knowing who God was. You know, to endure means to bear by being under. It's sort of like whenever I go to the gym, sometimes I get on the bench press. And so there's weights and it's heavy to push it. But it's building strength whenever I can push it each time that I lift that weight uh, off of my chest. Well, it's similar to Hebrews 12 too. It says that Jesus focused on the joy and that gave him perseverance and fortitude whenever he faced the cross. Because I'm sure it was tempting for him. I mean, there he was laying down his life for us, but he didn't have to. I mean, he didn't really have to do it. He could have chosen not to obey the Father, but of course, his own character caused him to stay true to the Father right to the very end. But I just thought, Jesus is such a great example of how we can endure temptation. We don't have to give in to temptation if we'll just keep our eyes on the joy that is before us. Keep your eyes on the character of God. Keep your eyes on the promises of Scripture. Keep your eyes on the character of God and who He is, knowing He's got a plan and so forth. He's made so many promises, knowing that He's right there with you in the midst of that temptation. Well, friend, I don't know what you're going to be tempted with today or as you go through the rest of your week, but I do know this, that I would like to close our time out with a prayer, a prayer for victory a prayer that you would not give in to temptation, but you would overcome it through Christ. Because, you know, Romans 8 says, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so let's pray together to close out our time. Lord, thank you so much for our friends that come to Growing in Grace. I'm always enjoying this time that we share together around your word. So Lord, I pray that you would give them strength. Lord, help them keep their eyes on who you are your promises and your plans to be full of your word, to be full of your Holy Spirit. I pray, dear Lord, that they would realize that right there in the midst of their temptation, not only are you there, but you're pointing to something and that something is the way of escape because, Lord, you're not going to allow any of my friends, you're not going to allow me, you're not going to allow any of us to be tempted beyond what we're able. That's what this verse says. And we've seen in Scripture a lot of others who have uh, not given in to temptation, but who have been faithful no matter what. I think of Daniel, who was thrown into a lion's den because he would not uh, bow down. Uh, not Daniel, but his friends, the three that were thrown into the fiery furnace. 
I thank you, Lord, for how you protected them in there and how uh, Joseph, he did not give in to temptation, but he ran from temptation. And so help us, O Lord, to please you and to honor you and to know that temptation is a part of the human experience while we're here on this earth, but we do not have to be defeated by it. So thank you for victory that we have in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much, friend. I pray that you'll have a blessed day today. There's victory in Jesus. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.